Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the tiny room. Welcome back to On Shomrabyog. Welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast, episode one hundred and twenty. Don't know why I committed to doing this one hundred twenty-eight. I think I don't know what episode this is. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and I am joined by the man who. Despite being a bounty hunter, the only bounty he hunts is the listeners' hearts. It's Ben. Hell yeah. Coming for you. Coming for you. Um, but yeah, that's me. Heart hunter at large. The <laughs> <laughs> music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything. Oh, that was our worst intro ever. Benjamin, speaking oh, of bounty hunting, you've been watching The Mandalorian. Well, I haven't actually, Michael, as you know. I've, I've, I've watched the first two episodes, and I'm going to go home straight after this, Michael. Sit down in front of the television. No, you're it's not. A, you're going to go to America. It's a, oh, I'm going to go to... Sorry. Yeah. As you know, Michael, straight after this, I'm going to the airport yes. to begin my battle with the American import authorities mm-hmm. all over yeah, again. very good. Um, and I'm going to go over there, back to the motel room that we yeah. watched the first two episodes in yeah. last week. Um, and I'm going to... I've let them keep the room for me. We were in our underpants. We, we were in pe- our underpants. We had a pizza. You and Shane are not going to be there this time. No. Uh, you don't have that kind of funding. Yeah. I have specifically set aside a Mandalorian fund yeah. since I was 10 years old and I have just about enough money to make the whole series work. Fundalorian. Fund- <laughs> Very good. Very yeah. good. Mandalorian. No, not nah. as good. You were pretty close though. Um, yeah, no, we've been watching it again, Michael. And... Uh, you know, you went to America a little bit earlier than I did. And I did, I saw episode three. You've seen episode three, three. Very good. Of course it is. What happens in episode three? Michael? Give me the beats. Gonna, no, look, I'm not going to spoil it because it's, it's only out yesterday. Or the Pad the spoilers then. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an action episode and a moral choice episode. You, can, you know what's going to happen. I'm already into it. You know, there's no surprises in this, Ben, to be I'm honest, already into but it. But it's, uh, it's, it's very good. Yeah, it's very interesting. I introduced my brother to the Mandalorian. Your brother Luke. Michael, my brother Luke, who you've met. Hi, Luke. Um, Luke doesn't listen to this. He's, he's still, he might listen to this, though, okay, because he, he did listen to the Mandalorian section on the last oh, two episodes. Oh, did he? Yeah, Big Star Wars I, fan. He, he's a huge Star Wars fan. Hmm. A very unusual fact about my brother, Michael, yeah. who is the least nerdy of nerds. Yeah. In fact, not nerdy at all. Huge Star Wars fan because Wars my fan. uncle gave yeah. him... Uh, the original VHS collection of the original Star Wars okay. in a big holographic box. Like it was oh. a real special edition that my uncle bought back in the 80s, I think. Oh, very good. And he gave it to my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother watched the, the original trilogy religiously. Mm. Absolutely loved it. Um, some of the only nerd things that you will see in our house are Star Wars action figures yeah. that my brother was given for Christmas year after year. Oh, very good. Um, and he's a big fan of the original run and he fell in love with the animated Clone Wars series it's a good series Looks like um, some, an excellent series for lore building and extending you know your knowledge of the thing and great little mini stories really fleshing out the, the George Lucas verse um, and he absolutely loved it and he kind of gave up after that because he didn't, he didn't find that anything scratched his original trilogy itch not even like the remake of A New Hope The Force Awakens uh, no he, he didn't enjoy that at all Michael um, my brother would be of the opinion why the fuck did you do that why didn't you just make a new film just make a new film um, just make a new film yeah um, or make it, another Spider-Man Rogue One kind of tickled his pickle a little I bit. like Rogue One Rogue then. One has that original trilogy aesthetic yeah and that's really what The Mandalorian has as well it has that original trilogy kind of mm, little something a little je ne sais quoi and he said everybody's dirty everybody's dirty everyone's having a tough old time everything's worn there's a, there's a lot of like underbelly 
It's, yeah. it's literally the definition of there's there's no greater hive of scum and villainy in all the galaxy mm. than in Rogue One and The Mandalorian. We're kind of back to that kind of way. There's a lot of practical effects done in The Mandalorian. There's a lot Go of practical on. makeup, a lot of practical sets. Apparently there's yeah. a new technique that's been pioneered. And that's what my brother said for set building. He said, this is amazing. This is the original kind of sets, the original dingy kind of slightly techno advanced, but mm. yet still a dive bar aesthetic yeah, yeah. everywhere. You know, big blast doors. Everything's made of rocks. Everything's made of rocks. Everything's carved and hollowed out of a rock. Yeah. Um, the blast doors look like they could actually take a blast. Um, or chop a man in half. Chop a man in half. Yeah. Um, you'd have to use a space Gatling gun to get through them. Yeah. And it's it was just great for him. And he said, oh, this is like watching the Clone Wars again. <laughs> and at the end, Go on. the credits of the gentleman who uh, directed episode one popped up. Mm-hmm. And it was Dave Filioni. Yeah. And my brother fell in love with The Mandalorian. He's been watching it um, all week, Michael. Go on. And... I, funny, I downloaded the Clone Wars series because my brother said, oh, no, that's great. It's really good at expanding the universe. Give it a look, yeah. So I went and had a look at it. And Michael... There's Maul's in it. He has robot legs. The reason my brother loves it so much yeah. is because the head creative director of Clone Wars is Dave Filioni. John Favreau. Oh. No, Dave Filioni, Dave the, Filioni. The, the current creative partner of John Favreau. Yeah. Um, and it's been so successful that apparently there's a rumour going around, yeah. Michael, that uh, both Dave Filioni and John Favreau are going to be given an awful lot of um, an awful lot of say in the new Star Wars movies that are going to be coming out on Disney Plus or the new series and Star Wars Extended Universe. The new new trilogy that's going to be coming out on Disney Plus. Mm. Apparently, those boys are going to fill the shoes of uh, the two the two dickheads from Game of Thrones that left. DB Weiss and DB Dendazos. Pair of dicks. Um, couple of dicks. I don't think they left. I think they were sacked. I think they were sacked. Yeah. I think they said that they left, but yeah, I think they. Yeah. I think Disney was just like, nah, was, sorry lads. They were sacked months ago. Sorry, lads. And then they had to wait until they got a Netflix deal so that they could come up with a reason that they were being sacked. Oh, of shite. Um, it's not you, Ben. It's me. It's not you, Ben. It's me. But it's also Disney saying, no, okay. no big ma- big mouse money for you. Why did you None make that. that lady? People named their children after her and now she's evil. That, oh, but also, did you hear the, the latest kind of strange... Go on. Sex pressure rumours about poor El Daenerys. No. Apparently she was told that she would have to take her clothes off. Yeah. Or she'd be letting the fans down oh, by yeah. the two well, gents. That is true, isn't it? Uh, oh, that Michael. That is true. Oh, Michael. <laughs> oh, Michael, no. Uh, but anyway, it's just interesting that uh, Dave Filioni seems to have the, the Star Wars true line that mm-hmm. really makes fans just go, this is Star Wars. Not all fans, This ben. is it. Not all fans. Because you know what, Star Wars fans... Bloody, not a very unified bunch. No, very divisive. <laughs> Mental. Some of them love a Star Wars. Some of them hate almost everything about Star Wars. Some of them love a prequel. Yeah, some of them love a prequel. Some of them love pod racing. They'll just, they'll watch a film and they'll shout, now this is pod racing. One of the biggest yeah. subreddits on Reddit yeah. is prequel memes. Yeah, where they just, just make memes about the prequels. Complaining about Star Wars. Everything centres around Obi-Wan Kenobi. A lot of Star Wars fans, Ben, mostly focus on complaining about Star Wars. I don't know if us as kind of superhero, modern superhero film fans, That's maybe us. in 30 years, we'll hate superhero films. I, I'd say more than likely that will probably happen. Because I, I noticed this, I don't know if you saw the Instagram post earlier in the week where I was reading some comic books and I noticed they're getting goddamned political. Are they? They're very political, but I think comic books has always been political. And you maybe just, it hasn't been for a while and maybe it's just a resurgence of what I, comic books were no, originally used to do. No, I don't think that they haven't been. It's just I think I'm ageing and noticing now. Oh. Like the Bloody Hulk is very much about climate change and climate change denial. Yeah. And he started a bloody cult. There's lots of, yeah, he has. He started a cult about climate change. There's lots of uh, representation issues. And I'm thinking, Ben, this is all well and good, but I'm noticing it now. 
and it's fine. Because is it your it, creeping silver ears? I, I think it is, but mm. the fact of, the fact is, I'm fine with it because currently it more or less aligns up with my own political views. But what if, Michael? But what's going to happen in 15 years when it doesn't? I think you're quite a flexible man, Michael, possessed of an unbounded level of enthusiasm. So I'm not certain, Michael, I don't that know. you won't be the same chipper, happy-go-lucky comics reviewer. Don't open. In 30 years. Well, we'll, we'll have to wait and see but on episode 8,622 nah, of the that's podcast. That's not 30 years. That's not 30 years of weeks. Uh, no, we're going to start doing three a week, Margaret. <laughs> Still not enough. Did I not tell you that? No, it's only, that would only be Five 600 episodes, wouldn't it? Five a week? Yeah, all right. Six a Every week. day. Six. Every day. Seven Some days, days a week. Two. Uh, no, yeah, don't worry, listeners. We're not going to do that. Um, emergency awesome. Emergency awesome. Is that what we're calling her? No, new? that's what the guy's called who does that. Oh, is there a guy that does that? on YouTube. He does like six or seven videos a day. He's a lunatic. That's Charlie, me. I think his name is. That's mental. Oh, it's mad. And with much higher production values than us. And I think he has a job. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what's going Surely on. Surely not. I don't know how he does Charlie, that. well some, done. You absolute sort of workhorse. You absolute workhorse. Anyway, but it's interesting that Dave Filoni and John Favreau, John Favreau seem to have really found a, a rekindling of the Star Wars spark. Well, as it were. What I find is interesting, man, is how much we're bloody talking about Star Wars. Sorry. You yeah. know, no, no, I'm not complaining. I'm saying no great Star Wars fans are we. No I great Star think, Wars fans are we. <laughs> I think that's our now our catchphrase. Um, I don't think we even reviewed um, the Last Jedi, did we? I didn't see it. You I haven't really seen see it. it. Yeah, I I think maybe we did review it. I but haven't seen it. It's amazing. I think it says a lot about this show, the TV show, The Mandalorian, that even us, no great Star Wars fans, are we? Though we are, we're talking about the bloody Mandalorian every week. We're big into it, Michael. It's bizarre, we're big isn't into it? it? Yeah. Especially with the Watchmen going on at the moment. Nobody which, cares about the Watchmen anymore. I mean, uh, that should have been one of the big, the big events of the year in TV. But do you think there's nothing worse than life? Then when Disney gets another foothold somewhere and everybody in that industry goes, oh, oh no, fuck, oh no, <laughs> no, not, not, they've ruined this now. It's not that they've ruined it. They've just made it better than anybody else could they've do. They've made it better. <laughs> like nobody was expecting their new Star Wars TV series to be fucking great. <laughs> I think a lot of people were. Oh. I think, I mean, this Mandalorian thing has been brewing for so long. And I also think that this has absorbed some of that TV show that was mooted for many years what was it going to be called? Star Wars Underworld? I can't remember. I think it was some. I think that's this, really. But just with a with, 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 with Boba Fett in it. Yeah. With Boba Fetterty in it. Boba Fetterty. Boba Fetterty. Noted Mandalorian. Yeah. Boba Fetterty. <laughs> and Baby Yoda. Yoda. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. Baby Yodes. So give it a watch. Yeah, look, I, it's great. Anyway, moving on from there, Michael. Yeah. Segways there. You have you have the same um, segways. Speaking of um, too many Spider-Man films, nice. Ben, what did you think of Charlie's Angels? Do you know what, Michael? That might yeah, be the best segue yeah, I know. you've ever had. I know. Um, it wasn't, I have, I've done some really good ones, so that wasn't great. Uh, Michael, I, initially upon seeing the trailer, yeah. I thought this could actually be all right. Yeah, it looks all right. Looks all right. Yeah, critical reviews are positive. Um, looks all right. Pretty yeah. all right. Um, noted noted writer Elizabeth Shue was at the helm, and um, she was going to uh, she was going to nail it. It was going yeah. to be great. And um, Michael, it, it turns out, having not seen it, that I may have been wrong. Yeah, no. What What do you mean? Uh, well, Michael, it's it's only gone and flopped. It has flopped completely. It's only gone and flopped, But, Michael. Ben, as I say, critical reviews, the people who have seen it, the seven or eight people who've bloody seen it, said it's very good. Have they? Yeah. Okay. It's apparently very good. So the critical reviews are a no. Yeah. Oh, no. Audience flopped. 
Because yeah. it's just not getting the biz. It's just not getting anyone in. But Ben, I only heard about it three weeks ago or something. Yeah, I saw it before a YouTube video. Yeah. On, on a trailer. There's been no promotion for the damn thing. Patrick Stewart's in it. Patrick Stewart's in it. He plays one of the Boswells, I think. Is there many Boswells? Yeah, that seems to be Are there the multiple idea. Boswells? I think so. Is that his name? Boswell? Bosley? Bosley, I think yeah. is his name. But yeah. But I haven't. Boswell was my father. Call me Bosley. We were going. We were going to go and see it, but then we just didn't. We just didn't. Yeah. We forgot about we it. We kind of forgot about it because it has no promotion whatsoever. I think one of my favorite uh, things around this lack of promotion. Go on. I I think it's also an obscure series for a new generation. I'm not sure Charlie's Angels has the cultural. Uh, uh, the. You see, you're you're uh, talking uh, about uh, mid two thousands Charlie's Angel, uh, uh, yeah. Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, yeah. Um, Demi Moore, which should have been better <laughs> um, than it was, and then I um, think Chris Claremont probably liked it. Chris Claremont loved it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that was like an all star female cast mm-hmm. at the time, but it didn't make any cultural footprint. There's there's no mark of that ah, in history, really. It, come on now, really? People are always doing the finger guns. That was from the original. Yeah, well, I mean, the new movie didn't really make a have a, that song. All the women who's independent, throw your hands up at me. Is that a Charlie's Angels no. song? That literally the lyrics say, "Charlie's Angels, come on out of it, let's go and kick uh, that Some guy in the head." Cool. Um, I had no idea. I missed that sub lyric. Um, <laughs> What's the skinny guy's name? Who the kick in the head? He's a weird guy. You Ewan know? McGregor, right? No, it's not Ewan McGregor. He was a. Uh, he was Marty McFly's dad. Marty McFly's dad. Oh, uh, Chris. Know, he's weird. Oh, he's, he's a bloody oddball. He's yeah, in he was American weird. Gods as well. He was weird. but Yes, he's in American Gods. He was weird before Joaquin Phoenix was weird. Oh, he's so weird though. He's real weird. Yeah, he was weird um, before Joaquin Phoenix. Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover, yes. Crispin Glover. Yeah. Did you just think of putting like a glove in a deep hat fryer? Yeah. Crispy gloves. Yeah, crispy Crispy gloves. Yeah. One of my favorite things uh, in response to this is people are like, oh my God, another all-female reboot. And people have had to point out, no, no. No, no, Ben. No, no, no. That was me. <laughs> no, no, I was no. doing a joke. <laughs> no, no, no. But this I, don't, is, I don't think anyone has really said that. This is, no. no this has haven't. been said on internet forums. No, they haven't been. That was people doing a joke. I forced I myself to be, I, I forced myself to be on Reddit a lot more than you, Michael. <laughs> I'm on Reddit a lot. Yeah, I know. But I forced myself to do it even more. And as we recall, Michael... My subreddit browsing is an awful lot more incelly than yours. Yeah, a lot more um, Chris Claremont stuff. There are a few people who are just like, oh, great, another all-female cast. And people are like, well, it would have to be an all-female cast. Charlie's Angels, not Char- <laughs> Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Charlie's Demons. Um, no, that's because she's an alcoholic. It's a whole different thing. Oh, yeah, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> brown. But it was interesting to see people like, oh, another all-female cast. Oh, and it was just like. But then I did that for irony purposes. Are you no, sure they weren't you said ironic? another all-female reboot, yeah. but this was people saying, oh, another all-female cast. I don't think they've comped <laughs> that it's a reboot. <laughs> Is it a reboot? I'm sure it has to be in some form. No, it could it? just be... I mean, a brand new set of angels. Yeah, it might not be the same characters. Mm. Uh, two of the characters I don't really recognise. Uh, the only one that I knew in the lineup, or two of the actresses that I recognised, the only one I really recognised is uh, bloody Bella from Twilight. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. She was the only one I recognised. The she other does, two ladies I haven't seen before. Yeah, she does a few more expressions than she's known for. She's kind of, she's kind of, it, one of the most enjoyable things to watch about Kirsten uh, Stewart's career is that she's learned to move her facial muscles. Do some more expressions, yeah. yeah she, and she's quite good. She's got a good smirk. She's got a pretty solid kind of like sassy smirk. She'd I'm be on. a good uh, Jean Grey. She'd be a great Jean Grey. <laughs> Jean! Jean. Um, <laughs> anyway, Michael, it's flopped. Ben, we should just point out to people that we do a second podcast called Collecting Issues. 
And if you'd like to hear our Gene yeah. impression. And this week we did collecting issues before this podcast. We did. So that we wouldn't contaminate this podcast by constantly talking about Gene Grey. It's creeped it in anyway. <laughs> we keep talking about Gene Grey and Chris Claremont. That turned out to be a pointless pointless yeah. tactic. So if you want to know why we keep talking about Gene Grey and Chris Claremont, check out our other podcast. Oh, Jesus. Collecting you're, Issues you're on you're Wednesday. You do it. Our other podcast, Collecting Issues, which will be coming out. This Wednesday. Um, so this you, Wednesday? It'll be this I Wednesday. edit the thing. It'll then. be this Wednesday. Um, so if you haven't had enough of us, wait for Wednesday. Yeah, we've really had enough of us then. We've waffled 16 minutes into this, Ben. Yeah, anyway, Charlie's Angels, flop. Uh, the internet doesn't get that it's a reboot. It's very entertaining. Um, oddly enough, I'm getting strong Birds of Prey vibes off, off the new Charlie's Angels. Getting more bloody I, Birds of Prey vibes off that than off the movie Fantabulous Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Yeah, Fantabulous Birds of Prey. The Emancipation of Charlie. Of Charlie Quinn uh, <laughs> as Harley Quinn um, but they were very similar they seem to be very similar movies well we don't know because we haven't seen either of we them. haven't seen either of them but we probably will see Birds of Prey Michael because yeah. that's very what are we seeing this week what Ben uh, I think we're probably going to try and see Knives Out what the heck is that Knives Out is a murder mystery it's a classic murder mystery right go on uh, in an L Manor starring Daniel Craig as a weird southern gentleman oh. um, and it's all about a, a pretty big murder mystery it's supposed to be very good Michael oh good very good so I think we're going to see that this Wednesday we'll probably Michael. enjoy that we'll probably enjoy that we'll give you a review next yeah. week ladies and gentlemen essentially we're just having a chat now Ben are you uh, <laughs> are you enjoying the new series of Richard and Mortimer uh, I actually am Michael I'm enjoying this series of Richard and Mortimer and I'm going to point out that I, I'm aware that Rick is short for Ricardo yes it is Ricardo isn't I think it, it is um, but um, I'm calling him Richard cause we're, we're going with a nice British Richard kind of. and Mortimer Richard and Mortimer yes. hello I'm pickled cucumber Richard oh, very good Michael yes very good um, very posh Yes, I have been enjoying the new series, Michael. I think I'm enjoying this series more than I enjoyed any of season three. Oh, season I, three was the bad series. I'm really... I don't know if it was the bad series. It just wasn't the same. It was too meta. It was very meta. And I think... I just want some classic adventures. I think... I, think I just want some classic adventures. Don't make any meta commentary. Yeah, yeah. Don't say anything intelligent. Just have fun adventures with me. Yeah, let's um, have an adventure. We're, we're, we're holy shit, when did this become the default? <laughs> um, yeah, so as as you said, Michael, episode one, yeah. a little jab at the, at the Moni at the, fans, at the, Moni fans, at the moaners. Yeah. Your people. The, uh, the my people, my yeah. folks. Uh, the folks that I have to deal with on Reddit all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, look, I think Dan Harmon's had enough and he's just like, look, I'm making this series. You're getting a whole bunch of them. Get the fuck a over A million, yourselves. I think he's doing, isn't he? Uh, yeah, million episodes, Morty. Uh, million. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty to the stars, Morty. Um, yeah, You're breaking the one rule. So breaking the podcast the one has rule. one rule. Which the one is rule. No Rick and no Morty, Rick and Morty Because our first ever episode was just Rick and Morty impressions. <laughs> for one hour. Um, but yes, episode two is very good again. We're going back to a classic sad Rick. Um, oh, good. Would you like some spoilers or we, we yeah, spoiler free? Yeah, let's do some spoilers. So Rick goes off on a solo adventure. Turns out, yeah. turns out Rick is a shy poor. All right. So he has his own planet right. on another dimension right, where he goes, where he goes and takes a dump. Oh, okay. It's shit. his peaceful place. It's kind of a shit break. But it turns out, Michael, yeah. someone else has found the toilet. Oh, no. So he tracks him down. It's an episode where he tracks him down. Um, and Morty has to go off and have kind of a separate adventure. But that's not the focus of the episode, Michael. What we're looking at is uh, Rick. And it's a classic sad Rick. Rick's alone in the universe kind of gig. Um, and why is Rick such a miserable gal? Um, and it's a, it's kind of a, a classic. Oh, poor Rick! I'll probably watch it now, Ben. When you leave, you yeah, can go watch good. the Mandalorian. You go to America and watch the Mandalorian, and I'll watch uh, Rick and Morty here on legal terrestrial television. Congrats! Thank you. E four, I believe, is the channel doing yeah. the the up to date Rick episodes. Yeah. Anyway, that was it for us, Michael. Ben, speaking of bloody obscurity, go on. 
You found yourself down a rabbit hole. Yeah, Michael. Maybe not a rabbit hole, some sort of demonic tunnel to hell. Yeah, big scary flesh rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, that sounds weird. I think you can buy that in Ann Summers. Oh, you probably can, can't you? The One flesh rabbit, 5,000. One flesh rabbit hole, please. You won't walk for a week. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Go I on. was looking up the Ann Summers catalogue and I decided yeah. to put it on YouTube in the background. Yeah. I found myself going down a rabbit hole, Michael. Ann Summers for our international listeners is a, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I forgot about that. Ann Summers is kind of a very tame, high street, sexy lingerie it's shop. Like, it's like a demure British lady's Victoria's Secret. <laughs> no, well, I know. With toys. No, Ann Summers is a bit more raunchy. Fe- fetishy, raunchy than, than Victoria's Secret. Oh, okay. Yeah, but anyway, look, you can get sex toys there. That's the joke. That's, that's the joke. That's the crux of the joke. And very often there's a type of vibrator called the rabbit. Yeah, and you can get a sex toy there. And they're not themed around demonic hellscapes. They should be. Get more business from me. They would, actually. The, the bloody isn't, though. They actually would. Anyway, so if you on. want any more weird fetish shenanigans, listen to our upcoming episode. <laughs> See? We can't stop. It just keeps contaminating us. It's anyway. Good, it's a good episode. I was perusing. Yeah. The internet, yeah. the interwebs, For Ann and I found myself yeah. watching a video about yeah. how great Bloodborne is. Right, and I went, I don't play video games. You don't. I've seen you. You've got two left thumbs, two left thumbs, and a spare one for good measure. Uh, and I found myself taking a taking a wander down the old YouTube rabbit hole. It grows out of this one. Look, there it is. There. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, I went down a lore hole. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> which is just a strong sentiment. Um, and I found myself looking up all the different lore in Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Because, Michael, as it turns out, yeah. Bloodborne is quite up my street. Oh, it's up your it's, alley, it's is it? Got it's got up some, your Victorian it's, alley. It's got a Victorian... <laughs> That's a whole different thing, mm-hmm. Michael. You can find a toy for that at Ann Summers as well. Um, <laughs> and it's it's right up my street, Michael. It's got a strong Victorian aesthetic and theme. Mm-hmm. It's got some monsters. Well, Ben, just first of all, tell us what the... The hell is Bloodborne? So Bloodborne is a 2015 video game, Michael. Yeah. From which studio? You're going to have to help me here. From Studios. From Studios. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Uh, from Studios. Yeah, no, From From Studios. From From Studios. Yeah. From Squared Studios. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically a kind of traditional... From software, not From Studios. Third... From Software. From Software. It's a, tra- well, it's a non-traditional or a, I suppose, a revamped RPG style... No, I have that wrong. Okay, okay. I'm gonna. Yeah, you're gonna have to help me here because my my video game lexicon is poor to middling at best. Bloodborne, yes, is from the genre of games, Ben, which are most commonly called Souls-like. Okay, because From Software released a game called Dark Souls, classic, and Dark Souls was actually a follow-up to another game called Demon Soul, but oh, no, Souls-like, it's still Souls-like. Maybe it's Demon Souls, and. These games, Ben, they're Japanese games. Yes. They're produced by Japanese companies. Quite important. With quite a lot of Japanese sensibilities. Yes. And they're, they are role-playing games, generally. Mm-hmm. And what they're famous for, Ben, is being brutally hard and unforgiving. Yes. Now, here's a little twist for you. They're not that hard. What a twist. Yeah, they're not that hard. In the, in the birth of video games, Ben, video games were made... To get money out of you. Because it was an arcade machine. Because it was an arcade machine. So they had to be just hard enough. They couldn't be so soul-crushingly hard that you would put one quarter in and then lose and then not want to play anymore. Yeah. 
but they had to be just hard enough to tantalise you that if you just put one more quarter in... I can do it. I can bloody do it, right? Yeah. So that's why early video games had the level of difficulty they had. Quite challenging. Challenging. But not soul-crushingly difficult. Yeah, okay. Then, Ben... I didn't. I wasn't expecting to get into this. Then I did. Ended, I was fully expecting this. We ended up in the home video game market. A whole new world. A whole new world. A brand new place for you and me. Well, not me. Don't you dare I have close two your left eyes. thumbs. <laughs> you it's shouldn't a, close your eyes when you're playing video games, Michael. It's That's a, a bloody poor, Aladdin reference. It's a poor strategy. <laughs> anyway, so the home video game market Ben was born yes. in the very late seventies, early eighties, and they had to convince people to buy games. It was a whole new world. And they had to say to them, hey, do you want to buy this game? It'll be... be good. It'll be 60. 60 pound. That's a lot of money, isn't it? Punts a lot. That's a lot of money. Mm. Do you want to buy this? Mm. The machine itself will cost you about 400 pound. Well, no, it won't. But you know you know what I mean. You know it's, what I mean. This is, I mean, these are expensive. And then the people will go, that's quite expensive. Why should I spend so much money on this game? On such a thing. Yeah. It, I mean, looking at the cartridge side, it appears to be about 8 megabits. Which isn't very big. It's not very big, so there's probably not a lot of content. I think there's and a photograph the, on my phone that's about 8 megabits. Uh, the, like, Ben, here's the thing, right? I don't know if you know this. Uh, a screenshot of the original game, Super Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers. Super Mario Bros. Mario Brothers. A screenshot of the game Mario Brothers takes up more data than the game Mario Brothers. That's my favourite fact of the day, Mario. It's an amazing fact. It is. And the people would say, well, that's not a lot of content. How am I going to get my 60 euros worth of enjoyment out of this? And the game designer said, well, Ben, let me tell you, it's fucking crushingly difficult. (laughs) And you won't complete this for a year of repetitively grinding your way through You're getting that 60 pound, buddy. You're getting it. You're 60 pound of suffering. (laughs) And you're going to grind your way through this until you know every moment of the game inside out. And then you'll beat it. Because that's like a, an, a, a that's an acknowledged term in gaming, isn't it? Grinding it out. Like well, that's a that's another thing from role playing games. Where okay, never mind. That's never no. mind. I'm sidetracking. You keep going. You are a little bit. So that was that was that <laughs> for games, right? Yeah. Then Ben, we entered the modern age of digital digital media storage and, era, and also money, 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 money. And games became much more cinematic experiences on rails. Basically, you were guided through the game, nice and linear. Not necessarily always linear. But you couldn't lose because the game was designed for you to see the entire story and enjoy it as an experience. Okay. Um, something like, say, Mass Effect, or which are great games, great games with great characters. Nobody's great, saying they aren't. No, but you're, those games are designed for you to win. Yes, you're supposed to complete you're the game. You're supposed to complete them and probably on your first try. If you really wanted to. No, no. That's the goal. The goal is for you to complete it. When you die, there's no punishment. You, you go back to an out checkpoint. To a checkpoint two minutes before. Because the most important thing is getting on with it. And from software, either intentionally or unintentionally said, Well look, that's not what we're going to do. Well let's try something else. We're going to combine both of those concepts. We're going to make a game that is crushingly hard, that will kill you repeatedly and will punish death unlike a lot of modern games mm. but where we're in learning from your mistakes and learning the game like an old game 
is also part of the experience. So you're constantly f- afraid of dying, but you're going to die. So it's very much in the vein of something like a knight's. Is it a knight's quest? Is that the weird video game where it's like animated sequences where you have to make the right choice? And if you mess no, it up, no, nothing like that. Okay, nothing like that. That no. is um, another game you're talking about, uh, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. That's the one. Is it Dragon Quest. Yeah, it's Dragon Quest. Uh, no, it's not like that at all because okay, they're I mean, they're much more complex than that. That's just press the button and you have no way of knowing what each button does in that game. That's weird. It's just a memory game. That's weird. It's just learning a memory. It's a memory and reaction game. That's all that is. But these games are. These are incredible games. Um, have you played them, Michael? I haven't played Bloodborne because I don't have a PlayStation. Oh. But I've played Dark Souls. Is Bloodborne only out on PlayStation? PlayStation, yeah. Four. Yeah. Four, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, anyway, Michael. Yeah, go on, sorry. Thank you for filling that in. Sorry. It's very helpful. That was kind of boring. I don't think so. I think it was quite a, a good outline. Certainly educational for me, Michael. Certainly but, educational yeah, for me. Very, 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 very good games. Um, yeah, and I, I guess we could come back to that um, sensibility that you're talking about. It's, it's, it's a, a Western-style game with Japanese sensibilities? I would say a Japanese-style game with a Western aesthetic. Yeah, that's probably Or at probably least better. a Japanese interpretation of a Western aesthetic. Yeah, which I quite enjoy. So, uh, the one that I ended up looking at, Michael, because it's right up my Victorian alley. Oh, was, yes, is it? Was, was Bloodborne. Oh, do tell us, um, And Bloodborne is like this bizarre fever dream of Bram Stoker's later work combined with H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. It, it's bizarre. If Bram Stoker was a werewolf. If Bram Stoker was a big bloody plague beast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was such a fascinating thing to go through that world. Michael, I've said many times in the podcast before that you are kind of the reason that I have gotten so into Thanks, body man. horror and Thanks, cosmic man. horror and things I, like that. Because I spook you. Because you spook me. Um, and you have that massive tendril that grows out of you sometimes when we switch yeah. off the lights. I know. Um, so but really, I'm just looking for a way to defeat you. And then Chris Claremont appears and goes, oh, oh I'm into that. Go on, Mick. I'm into that. <laughs> One more of those and I'll subscribe. Um, speaking of, ladies and gentlemen, do hit that subscribe button when you get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was fascinated by this. Go I on. went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And it's this massive Elder God Lovecraftian manic pixie fever dream yeah um, and it's just a fascinating thing to read it's all about like tainted blood and elder blood um, continuation and manifesting in the physical plane through a dream where you're tethered uh, Michael go on. it's fucking bizarre go on then tell me about it's it bizarre. I've never so, played it basically you enter yeah. the town of Yarnum Yarnum yeah and Yarnum Yarnum, Yarnum full of pirates is, is a big bloody Medieval meets Victorian London kind of vibe. Yeah, like the like the video game Medieval. Yeah, exactly, exactly like the video game Medieval, um, which has been rebooted. I know. recently remastered. Remade. Have you have you played it? I have. Is it good? No. Oh, okay. Uh, well, moving on from there, <laughs> you enter Yardum as kind of like a, a nameless. You're a nameless character, a nameless protagonist, which yeah. is kind of a From Software staple. You're yes. the same in Dark Souls. Yeah. You're, a, you're a nameless creature. I think you can name yourself. Um, I I think you probably can, but yeah. more importantly, you're not given a name by the yeah. game. Yeah. You're not the great hero no. or no. nothing like that. You're, you're, you're not Commander Shepard. You're not special. No, you're not special in uh, these games. And you have an infection when you enter Yarnum. You're sick. Oh, yeah. And you've, well, you've, I mean, that's the old syphilis for you. You've, you've heard the tales of the, the Church of Blood and the Healing Blood mm-hmm. is what it's called. So you go to Yarnum yeah. and you make, a bloody, you make a bloody deal. Yeah. Um, and you can have some blood. A bloody deal, I get it. If you agree to become a hunter. Right. And a hunter is a very specific role in, in Yarnum. Mm-hmm. It becomes something like the police, I suppose. Right. But you're a very unique type of police officer. So anyway, you make the deal. And suddenly, Michael... You're transported to a dream. Oh, God. Um, and it's the hunter's dream. 
Right. And in the Hunter's Dream, you're introduced to this concept where you are going to have to basically yeah. go back to Yarnum. Yeah. But you're in Yarnum. Uh, yeah, but you're not. Okay. Me- metaphysically speaking, you've been transported to the Hunter's Dream. Right. And the Hunter's Dream is uh, watched over by a guy called Gurnum. Gurnum Yarnum. Gur- uh, yeah, uh, Yarnum and Gurnum. But right. yeah, same idea. And uh, German is uh, the original hunter. Right. And so he decides to send you back and you have to hunt down the beasts. And the beasts are, well, we don't really know what causes the beasts at the beginning of the game, Michael. Mm-hmm. But as it turns out, yeah. it's only the bloody blood, Michael. That I you've knew been, it was the blood. You, it's only That's the what you've blood. been getting the whole time. It's only the bloody blood, Michael. Um, and basically the concept of this is you're, you're, you kind of go through the game, you're hunting down bloody terrifying creatures, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um and you're kind of unraveling this mystery slowly. But what fascinated me about the lore in this is that unlike something like Mass Effect, I suppose, it's not easy to understand the story of Bloodborne. God damn it, Commander Shepard. If we don't get these three crystals into exactly three, three positions, then these aliens are going to come from this dimension over here, which you know, because, you know, we dealt with that earlier. And then they're going to come down and they're going to land exactly in these three spots. And what they want to do is insecticize us all. Yeah, no, there's nothing like that in Bloodborne. <laughs> no, there really isn't. That was pretty handy. Yeah, thanks. Um, that was a good summation of, of Mass Effect and the kind Mass of narrative great, that's given. No, Mass Effect is great. We're not knocking Mass Effect. Yeah. I'm just going down a lore hole. Yeah, okay. Um, a lol. Mm. And, uh, yeah, basically, Go down my you're kind of, you're kind of they, they sprinkle a little bit of lore on you here and yeah. there. And if you're not paying attention... You miss it. And yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you really have to go through it. The like, monsters will fuck you, will they? they? Yeah, no, they'll okay. they'll they'll go to Ann Summers. They'll get their favorite <laughs> toy, and they'll just they'll just bend you over. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh god. Anyway, it turns out that there's a whole uh, Elder God narrative going here, yeah. and there's a whole mythology that's been built up within the world of Bloodborne. And yeah. The two ones are uh, the the two great races that preceded kind of mankind yes. as we understand it Bloodborne. the 400 meter sprint are the 400 meter sprint and the 10k walk the long jump uh, <laughs> the long jump is a race is in this world oh, there's okay. two lads going like over at the same time pushing each other <laughs> um, and the losers are fed to an old god um, it's a whole thing but they're the Chimerians and the great ones right. now the great ones are as the name would suggest, the, the biggest, baddest, yeah. strongest things. And those would be eldritch horrors in the style of Lovecraft. Yeah. They're incomprehensible to the human mind. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to it us. doesn't make any sense. Um, but the Chimerians were kind of, I suppose they'd be a godly race if you wanted to break it down into a more Western kind of way of mm-hmm. looking at it. Um, the great ones are the, the primal forces, um, the titans in Greek mythology, mm-hmm. and then the Chimerians would be the gods after that. Um, one of the key things about the great ones that we learn as we go through this game is that each one yeah. is utterly unique. Right. So they're a race, but they're a race of utterly unique creatures. There yes. are no two that are similar. Yeah. There are no two that kind of look the same. And Michael, Ben, when you're trying to get the ride and procreate, yeah. that's quite difficult that's because you, you probably wouldn't be compatible. Yeah, what's wrong with you? So actually what they do, uh, and where it gets kind of creepy, yeah. is that the Chimerians offer themselves as tribute yeah. so that the old ones can procreate. Right. Which is weird. Yeah. They do this yeah. through the ritual of the blood. Mm. So they imbibe Great One blood. Yeah. And they kind of birth hybrid creatures, Chimerian hybrid. Gross. And they're called the children of the old. It's a gross game. Yeah. It's pure gross. Get out of here. It's fucking weird. I don't want to see it. So anyway. I do want to see it. None of this is laid out at the beginning of the game. Right. And we have to kind of find that out as we're playing the game as we go along. Yeah. 
And there are a couple of people that have been chasing down the secrets of the old one since time immemorial. Immemorial. Um, and what I love about this game, and what well, I haven't played it, but what <laughs> I love about the lore of this game, what I love about yeah. the lore of this you, game. He's more interested in the lore. I am. I'm so much more interested in the lore than I am in anything else. Oh. We get an odd Frankenstein narrative that kind of comes in here. A, a Frankenstein moral. It's like, if you keep pulling this string... yeah gonna fuck you (laughs) oh classic if you keep pushing the boundaries of what we're supposed to be at Mm -hmm. it's gonna fuck you right and we get a little bit of that and really the enemy here yeah is bloody scholars (laughs) no scholars are the enemy learned the learned yeah fucking learners it's like uh it's like bloody cambodia all over again and it sets up that kind of classic thing of you're a hunter Mm -hmm. and you have to clean up the mess that all these bloody scholars Brainy, specky four, all these specky four eyes, chrome dome over here. Like when you and me go out on the lash, and I say something too fucking learned, and I'm about to get my head kicked in, you have to step in and go, Oh, Christ, oh, and I say, I've actually got more qualifications than him, but I'll still beat you up. But I'm still gonna beat you up (laughs) because you see, you're not insecure about your qualifications, you don't have to wave it about like I do. Uh, (laughs) He's got so many letters after his name, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, (laughs) But anyway. The place where this was all done, the place where the vaults were found. Oh, wait, you got your master's recently, didn't you? Yeah, no, I did. That's pretty good. (laughs) The place where um, we kind of are introduced to all this is underneath a place called Bergenworth. And Bergenworth is a big kind of college town. Hold on a second. So far in this game, we've had three places or three different names called Jürgen, Gergen and Bergen. Look, this is this is what Japanese people think Europe is like. I don't know what to say. Sweden, is it? Jürgen, Gergen, Bergen? Okay. I think it's Germany and Sweden. I think that's okay. the aesthetic that's been going for right. here. It's a very Brothers Grimm kind of aesthetic. It's okay. a very fairy tale yeah. kind of aesthetic but as horrible. we go along. Horror fairy tale. Yeah. It's a twisted fairy tale. Yeah. Um, not like those covers that Scott J. Campbell used to do. do you yeah, J. Scott Campbell, tales? yeah. Bloody they sexy really Miss Moffat. Yeah. Uh, There's not a lot of sexy going on what here. What should we call him? Um, Todd McFarlane oh. did some twisted fairy tale character things where everyone was guts and bellies were stomachs. And, yeah, I guess that would be yeah. something. Yeah, bellies were stomachs. They Belli- bellies were mouths. <laughs> um, it's quite... Anyway... We're introduced to this thing and the man who kind of discovered all these things about yeah. the Chimerians and the Great Ones is a guy called Willem. Master right. Willem is yeah. his name. H.P. Lovecraft. And he sets up... Yeah, you could almost look at it like that. Okay. He's kind of like a, a paragon for that or a parallel. Not yeah, a paragon, yeah. a parallel for that. Um, and he's obsessed with awakening mankind. They, no. they can't see like the old ones can because they aren't. their eyes aren't open mm-hmm. yet. Now... Classic cult leader. Very important when we look at Willem. He's very against the blood of the Elder Gods. Right. He doesn't believe in imbibing the blood. He doesn't believe in taking it into the system. He believes the blood is going to be the ruination of his order. Mm-hmm. He has a young upstart apprentice. Yeah. Very Star Warsy. Yeah. Called Lawrence. 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 Are there any women in this game? No. Oh, okay. No, it's all men. It's all men and tentacles. All right, good. Um, not unlike Chris Claremont, who you can hear about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, Lawrence goes off and does his own thing. Over and he's yeah. a big fan of the blood. Oh. He's like, oh, you put that in your gob and oh, I'm going to drink some of this. And you, you get that into you there. Yeah. Um, and he goes off to Yarnum. He leaves uh, He le- he leaves uh, Bergenworth. Right. And he goes off to Yarnum. Yeah. Um, and in Yarnum, he establishes the Church of the Blood. Okay. Um and the Church of the Blood is, is split into three like distinct categories. Mm-hmm. We have the Ministers of Blood. Yeah. And they're the ones that kind of heal people by giving them blood. So it, it is a very direct Christian parallel 
in that concept of body of, you Christ. Know, body of Christ, the blood and body of Christ. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. Right. They except this actually works. Oh, uh, oh, oh, except this is real. <laughs> except this is real within right, the yeah. world of the game, yeah. and it does heal people. Unfortunately, Michael, turns into boogly wooglies. Turns into boogly wooglies. Not yeah. all of them. Right. Some people become boogly wooglies. Yeah. But most people end up becoming boogly wooglies. Yeah. Okay. And it becomes known as the plague of beasts, Michael. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoy uh, something like the plague of beasts, you should check out Headlopper, which is on another it's one of our, our It's called Pla- the plague of beasts. It's called the plague of beasts. But this is no, becomes known as the plague of beasts. So. What they do in the Church of Blood is they set up three distinct wings. Three wings, yeah. Um, of the thing. And one, and the most important one for us in terms of the character that we play is the, the Hunters. Yeah. The Hunters Workshop. Um, and they become kind of the secret order, the polices. The military police. The old bad blood. Yeah, you could look at it like that. Um, it's like the Inquisition, I suppose. They, mm-hmm. they go around hunting for witches. Yeah. And they find them. They bloody dispatch them. Good. Uh, and Gurnham becomes a huge character here. German, sorry, not Gurnham. German. Uh, becomes a huge Gurgen, character because he, he abandons the old armor because armor is yeah. no good no. when you're fighting monsters. You need to you need a quicky slashy yeah, agility kind of lepping around kind of gig. So he abandons all that and he becomes this this whole you know he develops this whole church and they do it in the shadows. Michael he looks, very important. He looks quite a, well. I mean, whatever you you can end up looking whatever you want to look like because you can get different pieces of armor I assume. Yeah. But from what I've seen, you end up looking a bit like um, the other famous character. Is that where you were going? No, you go ahead. You look a bit like Robert E. Howard's other slightly less famous character than Conan, whose name has completely... It's completely escaped me as well. completely gone. The, the witch finder? The witch like guy. Is it you know the, the witch guy? The, the witch... Uh, you, you spin your I, wheels. I'll spin my wheels and you look it up. Um, um, I'm going to figure it out. But anyway... Solomon Kane. Solomon Kane. Yeah, you do look very like Solomon Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway... Anyway, Michael. Anyway. Mm-hmm. They get divided into three distinct uh, chapters. You have the hunters, the choir... And then you have the School of Menses. Oh. Okay. Now, turns out... Is that people on their period? Spoilers for the game. No. Probably should be, though. <laughs> Bloodborne. Blood- oh, gross. There's no women in it. There's w- there's two. One's a nun and one's a whore. Oh, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Not my choice of words. The game Did, calls her the whore. Did Chris Claremont write this? I think so. All right, keep going. Um, he was a consultant. <laughs> anyway, the School of Menses... Um, Turns out they're the bad eggs. Oh, I knew they were the bad eggs. They're the bloody scholars and they keep pushing oh, stuff that they're not supposed to push. four eyes. So anyway, all of these people want to ascend. They want to be like the great ones. The great mm. ones have left this plane of existence. Classic great Some ones. of them have left behind. Um, and when you fight the big bosses, those are the ones that have been left behind. You, you, you end up taking on great ones. And it's it's so obscure, Michael, because every time you finish, your kind of resting place, your safe place in the mm. game is the dream of the hunter. And you go back to that weird ethereal realm mm-hmm. um, and it's just weird. It's just kind of classic, obscure Japanese storytelling mm-hmm. where it's just like, what is this? What's going on? What am I doing? Why? Someone loudly shout what's going on. Why <laughs> is there a mechanical lady cradling a slug? Yeah. Why? What's that about? What's that about? What? Do Japanese people think that all Westerners carry scythes? <laughs> I think they might. <laughs> I think they might. Is that something they, they think might. we do? Um Dark Souls is is uh, you've never played Dark Souls. I haven't. Have I haven't, haven't played any of these Dark games. Um, Dark Souls is not unlike that. Yeah. I mean, one thing about Dark Souls is you could complete Dark Souls seven or eight times and still have not even the faintest idea of what's going on. Mm. Like, not a clue. Mm. Like you're going, who's this? Why am I killing this? Why is he crying? 
Why well, does he keep unsettling yeah. me with tears? Am I not supposed to kill him? I'm going to kick him off this cliff. And then you kick him off the cliff and he's gone. You're like, was he a baddie? Was, <laughs> You'll never know. Am I a baddie? <laughs> um, but Dark Souls is to to Bloodborne. I mean, it's similar. It's about, Very similar. Well, what's it about? I don't flip and know what it's about. But it's there are a race of gods. And they appear to have left the Lords of Cinder, is that what they're called in There's a Dark whole Souls? thing where there's there's a variety of gods who were the first beings created and they fought the dragons and they beat the dragons. But then before the dragons, there was no time. But now the, the gods are leaving or they've died or they some of them were frauds anyway and they're going. And the, because they're going, it's kind of the end of the universe. Interesting. And it might be up to you, the player. To, to rekindle the to cinder rekindle or something. And rekindling is a big thing in it. But yeah. you, the whole time you're going, am I doing the right thing? I think I'm the baddie. There's a really interesting... I might be the baddie. <laughs> like, it's it's interesting to see how much Western... But, sorry. Yeah, go on. Sorry, go on. Go on, go on, go on. But what I was saying was, um, where Dark Souls it follows along with what you're saying, because, you know, it's from the same company anyway, mm-hmm. but it's very much a medieval European setting. Yeah. Uh, with hints of like early renaissance Ooh. yeah but it's a medieval Ooh. European setting with knights sure. and shields and as opposed to rapiers and pistols and and mm-hmm. and I'll rape, you, I'll rape your and pistols you, you better bloody not then. <laughs> don't know if you want to leave that in um, <laughs> yeah no let's so, uh, let's get rid of that one no write that down um, <laughs> no I don't think you have to I think no, it's fine no I will leave it in there <laughs> it's an inanimate object I think it's fine so yeah but it's the same kind of idea of like is this what Japanese people think Western mythology is like? I think that's what they think it is. And it's, uh, it, again, it's like all about planes of existence and ancient unknowable gods or or are they? And then you kill one of them and he's like, he's a big dribbly man with who's skeletons. Yeah, I, I think it's it's fascinating. The character design in these games is horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really impressively uncomfortable mm-hmm. when they try. It, it does. What's interesting is they've merged aspects of famous Japanese horror, which mm-hmm. is all body horror. And, oh, it turns out she was a bunch of bodies in one body. And yeah. now it's Watch all burst out. Yeah, uh, very much in the style of Akira, um, which mm-hmm. is a super famous one. It's, it is body horror incarnate where a guy just turns into a big, bloody, swirling mass he's of a tentacles. Glob. He's a glob and um, he's bigger than a city. Techno glob. Um, and it's, it's very much in that. And they marry that with... I guess what they perceive to be Western culture. Like, I mean, that that story that you told about, you know, they took on the dragons and wiped the that's George and the Dragon. That's like a classic English yeah, but it's, kind of I mean, legend. A, a lot of these are like, this is, a lot of the Dark Souls universe is about the kind of proto-universe, the formation mm. of mm. the It's not like the classic, uh, here's this god, this is exactly what he does. He's he wears this and he's got this special hammer. It's not that type. It's of nothing like guns. that at all. It's, it's, it's chaos, primordial mm. forces, and you you as this little gribbly man who's got no clothes on have somehow become. Embroiled I asked you not to call me that on the podcast. <laughs> You're this little gribbly fellow with no clothes, and you've somehow become embroiled in the primordial forces of the universe. The war for the universe. And you're like, what's going on? Why am I responsible for this? And where do the other fucking human people yeah. come from in these Why games? Is this guy Skellingtons. Yeah, I'm gonna kick him. 
<laughs> that's mixed solution for most things if he doesn't trust something he's like I'm going to kick him and see I'm what gonna happens I'm going to kick this guy and see yeah, if like he's really skeletons or is this an outfit before we did the first episode of the podcast I suffered three cracked ribs three kicks, yeah, three because he was just kicks. like he was just like uh, just see what happens testing it out we'll see what but happens. yeah no, there's a the Japanese Ben the Japanese video game designers have a long history of kind of taking western culture and Japanesizing it I quite like it I think it's quite entertaining I think um like this is this strange Japanese version of H.P. Lovecraft mm-hmm. is quite enjoyable. I think one of the things I enjoyed because I watched little clips from the game, the way the characters talk in this, they never open their mouths. There's no animation for mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and it fascinates me because it's quite like sprites of old in old video games where they have their one little animation, and it's just like, but it's it's you actually get to hear their voice this time. But it's just this strange kind of swaying, creepy, unsettling kind of. Thing you should you should get get yourself into Dark Souls, Ben. It's I say even even weirder. Oh, okay. Dark Souls is weird. It's a weird game, and you're like, what's Lordaeron? No, is that is that Warcraft? That might be Warcraft. I couldn't tell you. Uh, Warcraft, funnily enough, has a lot of the same concepts that you're talking about, but that's a very Western thing. Okay, so it does have titans and old gods, but the titans are these fellows in big armor and they're the size of a planet and big lads. And yeah, they've got a book. They're holding a book. book. They've got holding a book, book and it's shiny and ah, big shiny book. It's all very clear what's going on. Um, Anyway, yeah, um, the classic one is uh, of course Castlevania. Castlevania, which is one that we we wanted to cover a bit. I think we might have to do a part two on this one, Michael. very quickly. Very quickly. Castlevania is probably the the the, the progenitor, the like pro, progen- progenitor of Japanese weird doing castle western, games, doing western castles, Me- medieval Japanese uh, toughies. Like it's weird with with very little explanation for things. Um, it it is the classic. If if you haven't played Castlevania, where have you been? Yeah, what are you doing? Castlevania's you been out for a decade, and, and the rest. Decade, well, what was it? Thirty rest. years now. Thirty years. That Castlevania will be coming up to forty soon, I think. No way. Castlevania is pretty old. The original Nintendo mm. Entertainment System. Madness. Yeah, uh, and that follows. Well, it depends on which one you play, I suppose. Sometimes it follows the Belmonts, and and sometimes it follows Dracula, and sometimes Dracula's all right, and sometimes Dracula's son's a bit of a dick, and then no, Dracula's son is often the protagonist. He's all yeah, that's what I mean. Like sometimes Alucard. he's okay, and some yeah, Alucard. Fucking keen right in there, yeah. lads. Well, Whoa, then if you had a son, his name would be Neb. Neb. Neb, and yours would be Kim? Kim. Kim. Not as funny. Kim and Neb. <laughs> Kim and Neb. Kim and Neb. Uh, in about 30 years' time, yeah. this will become the Kim and Neb podcast. Oh, no. We, we'll have to retire, Michael. We'll have gone oh, mad. no. We'll, we'll have gone, gone mad. mad. From all the eldr- eldritch horror. All the eldritch blood we've observed over the years. Um, but yeah, Castlevania is kind of the, the, the big one. And Castlevania has a huge cultural footprint like that's 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 made such an impact on the world but because it's you know a Japanese interpretation of western kind of horror means they just stick everything in there they just, just have a little bit of everything there's Frankenstein for some reason there's a Medusa in Dracula's castle there for is, some reason there's a death in Dracula's castle there is a wonderful bizarre collider video <laughs> where a guy ranks every Castlevania monster from sexiest to least sexy oh yeah who's sexiest it's probably the succubus so it's a succubus yeah. <laughs> but it's just so entertaining it's such an entertaining video it's just trying to make sense of those character designs if you want to see unusual character designs check out Castlevania Castlevania has mad characters and why and are they, they all borrow Dracula? from every mythology they can get their yeah. hands on like bloody there's a werewolf there's a bloody there's a leprechaun there's a leprechaun it'll bite your ankles there's a fairy there's a bloody Medusa why is there a Medusa in a Dracula's castle why is there an ancient Greek doesn't matter look doesn't over matter. there there's a bloody sea serpent oh god <laughs> it's coming at me oh look there's, oh, there's the personification of death himself I've kicked him in the head <laughs> got him yeah. um, they're very into whips as well Chris Claremont secretly wrote Castlevania yeah but in 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 uh, in 
in what you call it in in Castlevania, the good guys have whips. And, yeah, the good guys have whips, and they don't use them for a sexually suggestive. And the bad guys have an old sword. Yeah. Alucard, though, the best game, Ben, undoubtedly the best game, because, look, you're not going to play it anyway, but undoubtedly no, the best game in the Castlevania series is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night. On PlayStation. <laughs> so good, in fact, that basically every game after it was called something like Castlevania, Harmony of the Evening. <laughs> Castlevania, Rhapsody of the Tune Dawn. of the Afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually quite good. Castlevania, Tune of the Afternoon, uh, where Dracula has a jaunty little little uh, whistle along this castle um, there's also a, an anime series that's been made out of by Netflix not there bad is. bit obscure Granty Morrison wrote it didn't Gra- he M yeah. oh we old Granty M but he being European yeah he's made it a lot more European than there it needs any, to be there's no Medusas in it no, it's not as where's weird where's the Medusas why it's is there no weird. Minotaur it's not as weird it's very funny though like there's a good bit of banter between Alucard and uh, Trevor Belmont and uh, yeah quite enjoyed it yeah, you should definitely call your first son Neb Neb. And you're going to have to call yours Kim. We've decided. And then Neb will come to break your castle and kick you in the head. <laughs> I probably deserve it at that point. I'd be a right old prick of an old man. I can't wait. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do you think I'll be a right old prick of an old man? I uh, like the Shining Force games. You ever play those? What are those? Shining Force were uh, a series of games by Team Sonic, later Team Camelot. And they were kind of based on western mythology so you were knights and mages and the likes the likes you you would and you would have a little army and you would fight to save the kingdom from from the evil Gas. and you'd have some centaurs and oh, some birdmen and but you know all very kind of medieval european looking gear gear but mad japanese sensibilities nice yeah no it's it sounds good, good it's a good series it sounds enjoyable i mean it went downhill though we're talking bloody Sega Mega Drive and Sega Saturn era here Ben outside my time Michael yeah. outside my time ladies and gentlemen pre-colopy pre-colopy is, that, is that the new standard of the podcast PC mm-hmm. yeah PC okay um, fair enough I'm, I'm on board but um, ladies and gentlemen have any of you ever played a video game ever played a video game I'm sure you have do you find uh, the adaptation of western mythology within Japanese culture to be fascinating or yeah. just a bit bloody odd are they reverse weebs are they reverse I think they are um, I don't know what you'd even call those. Boo. Aaboos? No, I do, because backwards. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Are they a bunch of boos? <laughs> uh, or um, is it a good crack? Do you find the Dark Souls games, the Bloodborns, endlessly vexing and frustrating and just altogether odd? What's the creepiest thing that you found in Bloodborne or Dark Souls? Which one gives you the most night terrors? Yeah. Um, if you could let us know, that would be great. We didn't really get to finish this week. We might come back to this uh, at another point and really delve into that mythology. But it was good crack. I enjoyed going down my YouTube hole this week. Right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get in touch with us. Yeah, what can they do? And give us a little bit of a heads up on what we should cover next. You can find us on shomrabeag.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means room in Irish. It does indeed. If you're a more social media savvy kind of guy or girl, yeah. uh, give us a shout on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, we are there under my uh, Shomra Bug now. Yeah, We've Shomra. changed the name, Shomra Bug. So if you want to find us, find us there. We are always looking for new ideas, new content, ladies and gentlemen. If you are listening to us on Spotify, give us an L follow. Give us a follow on Spotify. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us an L review. What are you doing? Yeah. We'd love a review. Um, and yeah. if you're watching us on the tube of you, uh, do give us an L like and subscribe. Yeah. It would tell, be tell a mate. Tell tell a pal. Ladies and gentlemen, if you really want to help out the podcast, if you yeah. really enjoy this, 
telepal. What's wrong with you? We're not going to be an international sensation anytime soon, but if you spread it through word of mouth and just say, look, there's a pair of dopes. They do a podcast. Yeah. It's in a very small room. Tiny room. Um, you know, give it a listen. Give yeah. it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm off to Anne Summers. Bye. <laughs> very good.